The Bengals have won four straight games, and a common theme is them starting fast. Let's figure out how they've been able to start fast. Plus, notes on Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, the defense, and much, much more with Bengal Sands here for our weekly film review. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, ring the bell on YouTube, and follow wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. And no Jake Lisko today. That's all right. I'm James Erpine, and Mike Santagata is joining us as well at Bengals underscore Sands. We'll get to Mike in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, Use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Mike, you obviously review the film every single week. You were at the game this week. You came to Cincinnati. Let's start there. There, uh, a Bengal Sands Paycor Stadium breakdown under the lights, primetime Tiger Stripes. How was your experience? It was awesome. I didn't know if that tiger stripe thing would work. Like I knew to wear orange for my section. It was also like, man, not a lot of people have, yeah, like most people don't have orange things. Uh, and then I always forget whenever I, I don't go to that many games, I always forget how little I feel like I know in the stands. Like there was a challenge. I thought it was a timeout for like 45 seconds. I was like, ah, yeah, the fans got another timeout out of the bills. Like, oh, they challenged that. <laughs> okay. never mind. <laughs> on broadcast, the announcer immediately will tell you, like, yeah, he threw the challenge flag. I'll zoom in on it. I didn't see it. I, was just, I thought we got to time out as fans. But, yeah, it was cool. I, I mean, I love the view and being able to see everything much more than, like, what watching on TV and all that. But, yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had a good time and uh, had a few pops at local establishments, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to – to get to it. We weren't able to link up, full disclosure for those wondering, because Sands is just way too popular. He's hanging out with Chad Johnson and Willie Anderson. Meanwhile, I'm uh, I'm here in, in, in my office just recording videos. Um, that said, let's let's uh, let's dive into this team and, and start with Joe Burrow, because he's starting games on fire. His MVP odds on FanDuel uh, dropped or, or shot up, however you want to look at it. The point is, is he, he moved up from an odd standpoint. And uh, he's playing really, really well. They've scored on back-to-back possessions to start each of the past four games during this winning streak. Back-to-back touchdowns again. He was 11-14 of 14 on their first two drives. Is there any kind of theme here, and in, in not just necessarily the other day against Buffalo, but how have they been so successful when you pop on the film? And what's Joe Burrow doing to get this offense going early in games? feels like early in games they are – and this one, I thought they were pretty creative throughout and varied things up. It does feel like when they implement new stuff that works, they use that early in the game and they don't really get back to it a ton. I think they did a better job of that this week than they did the past couple of weeks. But I believe in the yeah in the beginning part of the game, they had the fake screen to Tanner Hudson, which they went back to, actually. Uh, they ran dart which is a great run play they run that once every i guess eight weeks um but no that's twice now (laughs) um there's just 
I feel like they get varied. They're doing a great job of executing everything. I mean, the offensive line's playing good enough, at least, if not pretty good themselves. Joe Burrow is on another level right now, which is basically how he was playing at this point last year. You've got the wide receivers playing really well. Irv Smith putting together a heck of a drive, and then Drew Sample's breakout <laughs> possibly uh, with – that awesome catch and run and some really good yeah. pass protection. Yeah, it just feels like they hit all the right buttons right now early in games, which isn't something they were doing at the very start of this year. I think a lot of it really is quarterback related when he wasn't playing well. The offense wasn't going that well, even though I think there was some other stuff in there too that gets highlighted when things aren't working. Uh, now when the quarterback's playing well, it kind of covers up some blemishes that might occur. He's not perfect, of course, even though he's he's been pretty darn close in recent weeks. There's been a, a few off-target throws or mistimed throws. But I, I was asked about his accurate or I was asked about his movement, obviously. And is that the biggest thing that that is the difference with the calf? And I mentioned the accuracy part because that's one of his superpowers too. I think he's just been so accurate <laughs> during this this run. Does that pop on film when you go back and rewatch? Yeah, I mean the only throw I can think of that was inaccurate was definitely that deep ball to chase. Yeah. And that was a little bit late. I thought he was late. Yeah, it, it was, but it was a little bit because the defense really, the ball probably should have just gone to the over route and just pick up 15, 20 yards and move on. Uh, so the safety stayed on chase and then it felt like the safety was trying to bait him into throwing a different ball and jumping it. So when the safety moved to the deep over going to the right side, Burrow then launched it to the deep post to chase but by then he's a little bit late and ends up short. Uh, so I feel like the safety probably took that away long enough, unless you have like an alien type arm to throw that. Whereas Burrow could still maybe not throw that one. Maybe just let's hit the over. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, pick up 15, 20 yards there. But I mean, I'm also not going to fault a guy for trying the deep shot as long as nothing real bad happens it's to Jamar Chase. You know, get him as many targets yeah. as you want. Yeah, and, and just speaking of Jamar Chase, he talked on Monday. Jake and I didn't discuss it. He's sore. I think he's okay. We'll see how he is on, on Wednesday, if he practices, how he is on Thursday. Look, he's 23 years old and sore. I expect him to uh, heal up quicker than than a lot of players in this league. So we'll see on, on Jamar Chase. There's not a huge update there, but uh, I think he's he's okay overall. If he's not, we'll, we'll keep you updated, but uh, knock on wood, like San said, Let's go from Joe Burrow to a guy that shined really bright. T. Higgins, his best game of the year. I loved what he did in, in essentially contested catch situations. One thing he said was uh, Rasul Douglas, how long Douglas was when I talked to him last week before the game. I thought he was really aware of that in game, just keeping the ball away from his body. So Rasul Douglas could knock it away or knock it from his grasp. What did you see from T and is this the best that he's looked on film all season. Obviously it was his most productive, but is this, is this the best he's looked? This or the Ravens game. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. One of the two, I mean, the Ravens game, he did make a corner fall down on his butt uh, with a route. So I'm, he didn't do that in this one. Although I, I do think when he's on, like he's an underrated route runner. He's not just a contested catch guy, even though that is kind of also what stood out to me, just the, the length of T and Douglas is long, but, seeing T catch all of those balls way away from his body, strong hands, holding them, holding on to them, not getting it broken up as he goes out of bounds or 
just playing keep away with the ball from Douglas. That did stand out. I think there was like four of those in there. But he also he knows how to sell routes. He knows how to, you know, give a little head nod here. He ducks his head and looks like he's sprinting and then quickly hits the brakes, turns around, can get separation that way. That's a great job of getting leverage and positioning just putting himself in a good spot for the quarterback to throw it. And then you end up with the contested catch, but instead of both guys having a fair shot at the ball, he's got him kind of boxed out like a rebound and he can go up and make that. That's the start of making those 80, 20 balls rather than 50, 50. And then you add on the length and strong hands. So I thought he was really good though. I, I don't know if it was his best game, but I, I don't think there was too much to take away as like a negative either though. So it's just that he didn't make a, anybody fall down or get into the end zone. So I think that would be the difference between those two games, but yeah, he was awesome. And to me, I feel like if you're catching the ball fully away from your body, that feels like your ribs must be feeling okay. Cause you're going to take some shots there. You're not protecting yourself. You're fully extended, even just fully extending with broken ribs hurts. Uh, so uh, it, I was happy to see that he's able to do that right now and doesn't mean he's fully healthy but it probably means he's feeling a little bit better yeah i think you're spot on he's definitely feeling better just body language smiling joking all of those things and when you're in pain you're not going to want to joke as much you're going to be quieter and just watching his body language even leading up to that game uh, there was certainly a difference we still have plenty to get to from an offensive standpoint. I want to ask you about the offensive line, Joe Mixon, what he did in pass protection. You have some cutups of that that I want to discuss as well. And so we'll do that. We'll also get to the defense coming up in just a second right here on Locked on Bengals. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event that you want to go to, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater, any event near you, if you want to go, you should be able to find tickets for a reasonable price. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect, exactly what you're getting. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without the fees, and you can buy tickets within seconds. So, if you're looking for last-minute tickets to any NFL event, the NBA's in full swing, or maybe it's the latest musical in your area, or maybe a concert like Taylor Swift, well, you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and yes, by the way, that tour is still continuing later this year. You can use code Locked On NFL with the Game Time app for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem Locked On NFL. L O C K E D O N NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Mike, let's dive into Joe Mixon a bit. And when you look at his numbers, averaged over two yards a carry, under three yards a carry. It, Obviously, it doesn't look great, and I think some of that had to do with Denver or Denver with uh, Buffalo's front, and it's not all on Mixon. Obviously, he had the great run at the end that uh, that clinched it with, with Von Miller in space, making him miss and getting to the edge. From a running standpoint, before we get to the pass blocking, why were they not able to to get the run game going? Because at one point, I thought they started strong, and I looked down and I I saw he wasn't averaging 
even three yards a carry. And I was surprised by that because the numbers didn't match the, at least my feel mid game. And, and yet you look at it and, and the run game wasn't nearly as productive as they probably hoped. Yeah. I felt like when they didn't go downhill, it didn't work when they went downhill, it worked a little bit. I mean, you had the touchdown run that was on a duo play, which is the same play that ended the game where he made Von Miller miss, which is actually the same play that he made Nick Bosa miss last week and scored the touchdown. So I like that play for him. It's a running backs run. You know, you read it, you read it out, you can bounce it and try to make the end miss. And then you're, you've got the corner or you can take it up the middle and try to, you know, fool the linebacker and get into the wrong gap. I like it for Mixon because I think he's good at that stuff. What he's not great at, but they're doing, I think, to slow down pass rush stuff are all these toss plays. And that's really, to me, I think it's in there mostly to keep the edges honest, to you know soften those edges up a little bit. Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, uh, Leonard Floyd was having a pretty good year. I, he didn't, I don't remember him doing too much in this game. So I think it helps the offensive line and pass protection a little bit, just because if you get cracked one time, you're going to be on alert for it. Or if you're responsible for the running back getting outside on a toss play and getting the corner, you'll be more alert for it the next time, which I don't know if that one happened, but they are getting cracked and they're trying to keep them honest that way. I think it's tough because uh, I I didn't think he ran terribly. I thought he was fine. Mm -hmm. He got what the defense gave him. He didn't make the one defender miss in any of the scenarios that if he did that, he would have had an explosive play, but he was picking up what the offensive line was giving him. It's just that he's not extremely fast and athletic to be able to run some of these toss plays, but also the wide receivers, they're not the best at blocking on these toss plays. So it's, those are a whole issue right now. I think when they run downhill, when they run the duo, when they, they ran that dart play, I talked about, and they run that stuff. It seems to work a little bit better. It's just that they want to use the run game to help their pass game as well. I buried the lead with the tight ends. I promise I'll get to them, but I I want to ask you about Joe Mixon's pass protection. I noticed a a couple of quality blocks in the game. You've posted some of those on your Twitter app, Bengals underscore Sands. What stood out about his pass, bro? So I thought he did a great job. I mean, he was finishing guys. He picked guys up. Um, I had one play I didn't think was great in pass protection, but other than that, it was a clean slate. You'll you'll take that with a running back. A lot of guys aren't perfect. Even P. Ryan, yeah, as good as he was, he had mistakes as well. So I thought he, especially with safety, stonewalled the safeties that would blitz the corners. And even the linebackers, usually, I think one of the linebackers got him, but one of the linebackers got Travion too. So it's not like they just had the wrong guy on the field. That just happens sometimes with running backs. Um, I will say I thought he was good, but I also didn't think the Bills tested him in ways that he has struggled before because he's always been willing and physical and maybe not the most technically sound. In this game, I thought he kept his feet under him a little bit better, kept a base, tried to deflect the force around the quarterback. technical aspect of it it was better but they didn't really you think of the saints game when he messed that up it's like a cross dog blitz where one linebacker goes one way one linebacker goes around him he's supposed to get the one coming around but he takes the other one or it's scanning and he has to scan from one side all the way to the opposite side of the field and he misses it i think those are the things that he generally misses and the reason why they go with a Travion Williams or a Samaji P. Ryan is some of that quick processing and being able to identify where blitzers are coming from 
and I didn't think Buffalo challenged him too much. If they blitzed, they blitzed to the back, and he was easily able to identify it and pick it up versus doing anything confusing that would be maybe away from the back or sometimes they also sure. have him protect into the slide, and this is a technical thing, but he doesn't do great when he's protecting into the slide because it gets messy when he's away from the slide and he's got a clean read. That's a little bit better. It felt like he mostly had clean reads in this game. Ken Dorsey, top uh, OC in the league, clearly. Uh, I, know, I know people in Buffalo not not uh, high on him. Or Actually, it wouldn't even be Ken Dorsey. What am I thinking? It would be, yeah, it would be McDermott. Yeah, that's rough. Why would you not challenge? Anyways, I, I want to get to the tight ends before we get to the defense and Ken Dorsey's offense, which continues to struggle with Luana Rumo. That was just me teasing it. The tight ends, they combined for 101 yards, 10 receptions, two touchdowns. I... From the jump, from the start of the season, I saw where everybody fit. I thought Tanner Hudson should make the 53-man roster from the jump. And am I crazy to think that this could work? Not that they have 10 catches every week, but that they're just talented enough to be competent in that room moving forward. Like Irv is a guy. He can do something. I know he was bad early on and just not involved and out of rhythm, but he's clearly he could do something in the passing game. Tanner Hudson, probably the most natural pass catcher. And, and we know what Sample brings in, in Wilcox. So how do you feel about this tight end room and, and what stood out to you about how they played? And you can go player by player or whatever, whatever's easiest for you. Yeah, Irv, uh, I thought he, he was pretty good in this game. He had the touchdown. He was physical, good athleticism, change of direction, movement ability. But the physicality on that route stood out as he leans onto the safety and then breaks and then makes the catch. Instead of trying to worry about his feet this time, Land on a cheek. One cheek is two feet. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Drew Sample, awesome pass protector, pretty good run blocker in this game. And then he had the play. I mean, the play of the game, I feel like. I don't think there was a, another play that was that big of a highlight. Uh, catch the ball on a check release. The Bills don't cover it because they just assumed he would block, I guess. They didn't account for him at all. Picks up the first down and then makes Taylor Rapp miss in the open field, scores the touchdown. He was great. I mean, he was one of the best players in this game just because what they asked him to do was basically pass protect, and then he caught the balls that were thrown at him, even made a guy miss. Uh, Tanner Hudson, he's the biggest – well, he's the biggest that can catch. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. if he's, like, that much bigger than Sample. But compared to Irv, like, Irv's six foot two. I feel like that becomes some of the issue of, you know, you've got a tight end, but he's six foot two. He's not some big guy that makes contested catches for you like Hayden Hurst did or C.J. Uzama. Hudson can do that a little bit. I will say Hudson had a good game, and I liked the route where he sat down a little bit, and Burrow knew he was going to sit down on that little in route, sat down instead of keep on – you keep on running. If it's man, if it's zone, you kind of want to sit there just to make sure you don't get clobbered and your quarterback can protect you a little bit, throw it to you. He's kind of sitting at, you know, sit in the void of the zone, like it's talked about. Uh, some of the production also came on those fake screens, though, and I'm not sure how – how transparent is, or, uh, you know, I, can you transpose that into other weeks? Because I think sure. they really just like that. The bills were trying to jump the screen and they got them twice with it. And those are both big plays for Hudson. I do think Hudson, I would like to see him active. I'd like to see him involved. I don't remember if Wilcox was in this game, but it feels like these three are the three tight ends that should be the tight ends moving forward. I do think sometimes they value Wilcox's ability to block, to go with sample it's so rare that you need both of those guys on the field at the same time, but I guess sometimes they get into that 13 personnel look. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think they could be competent. They're all okay to good at something, and they all bring something to the table. I just I would like to see it another week, though. I, I'm not going to get. Uh, I'm not going to. That's the gun. Here. That's fair. No, I think that's fair. Look, it, they they need to continue to prove it. I think Hudson has the most trust of those guys in that room from a pass catching standpoint, but Wilcox is like this weird hybrid where he's a better blocker than Hudson and, and Smith gives them more special teams versatility as well. Like I could see all four active because yeah. of that, because they're all like little chess pieces and they have their role. So we'll see how those guys fit, but let's switch gears. Let's talk about Luana Romo's defense that continues to roll and force turnovers. We'll do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. Maybe you want to order pizza, wings, soda, burgers. The list goes on and on. And whether it's during your favorite NFL game, maybe you're watching some NBA hoops like me, or maybe that college slate has you craving your favorite local restaurant. My go-to on DoorDash, well, that's simple. City Bird. I have City Bird at least once a week. I DoorDash it because it's delivered right to my house. I Go to the front door, grab it, boom, I have that spicy chicken sandwich, some of those tenders in my hands, and, well, soon they're in my belly. You can get the DoorDash app today, and you're going to save money. Get 50% off, up to a $10 value right now, when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. But, again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order with DoorDash by downloading the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order. You download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. All right, Mike, let's dive into... This defense, this defense that continues to force turnovers, the Bengals were, were plus two. Let's start there, and let's start with the, the biggest turnover of the game. Jermaine Pratt gets beat, recovers, and back-to-back weeks now where he's forced a red zone turnover. Yeah. Uh, insane that you could punch out the ball while a guy's flipping upside down. I, I mean, I didn't – like I said, I was in the stands. I had no idea. I just assumed Nick Scott forced the fumble because he hit him. And I did too uh, at first. I did too until I saw a close up replay. Yeah. Then the replay, you see Pratt punch it out as he's flipping upside down. I mean, that is super impressive. And I guess why you always go for the strip. I mean, how's Kincaid supposed to protect himself as he's flipping upside down? <laughs> uh, yeah. He got beat, but getting beat isn't the end of the world. And just like I think he was the one that got beat against Kansas City. By Kelsey. Kelsey's yep. trying to get the extra yards and he forces a fumble. You know, like lose the battle, win the war. And that is a much bigger play to force a fumble and force a turnover than it is just for what, a seven yard, eight yard gain. And a guy's behind you to give you some help and make the tackle. So great job from him on that one. And I couldn't believe it when I saw it that he somehow forced that fumble. Cam Taylor Britt had the interception. He has three interceptions in the past four games. Afterwards, uh, in in this wasn't on camera. I was chatting with him. I congratulated him, and he said, "Expect it. Expect interceptions." And obviously, he baited Josh Allen into that one a bit. He's playing mind games with him. How have you seen him develop, and and how how good is he playing right now? Because people are going to see the interceptions, love his personality, but is is he playing at as high of a level as as people think when you pop on the film? 
I think he's playing well. I think he's playing good. Um, and that pass interference, man, I, that was kind of like a, I don't know. It was, it was a little close, but I get throwing it when guys get physical. Sometimes the flag just comes out. Uh, that play was a good one. And it's becoming something that he's been able to do Josh Allen twice now, where he's in what's called cloud coverage. It's cover two. You're the corner. You've got the flat, but you're supposed to sink with the go route. And that play was designed basically to beat cover two. It's an out with a go route. I mean, I think some people call it, well, I think they famously called it Ohio. And then Marcus Peters knew what the play was because he played in LA before and picked a Ryan Finley off for a pick six years ago maybe that's not famous maybe i just know that <laughs> but <laughs> so they ran the ohio concept and he's sinking with the go route first you force the outside release you and try to push him to the sideline he didn't get him all the way over the sideline that's fine uh more of a coaching point to make him run on the run outside the lines but he sinks and sinks and i don't know if he really baited it so much of like oh i'm going to take that flat. He just kind of watched Josh. He's like, I know Josh, like Josh wants this ball. Like he wants to throw the go ball. He doesn't want to take the check down. He doesn't want to take the four yards and move the ball just a little bit type situation. So he's sinking, sinking, sees the throw break, makes the interception. Great play. And he did that to him. The exact same thing in the, in the divisional round last year, same coverage, everything. So I think that's becoming a high uh, uh, one of his signatures, I guess, is being able to bait some quarterbacks into some throws from cloud and getting the interception. I think overall his ball skills have improved. I would say they've improved this year compared to last year. And well, he had zero picks technically in the regular season last year. He had one in the playoffs against Allen this year. It feels like he's catching it whenever it's really thrown his way. And he's a really physical corner. I will say, I mean, I think some fans go way overboard with like the the all pro talk. Let's eh, he could get there, but you know, like let's maybe throw sure. a tiny bit of water on that. But I think he's played really well. I'd vote I could vote for him in the Pro Bowl. I wouldn't wouldn't feel like that's out of place or anything. I just don't mm. I don't know if he's like, you know, is he is he as good as Sauce Gardner? You know, maybe not there yet, but I know Sauce is a young guy, so to say there yet is weird. But you know, Patrick Sertan, Sauce Gardner types, you know, they're, they're, they're maybe a tiny bit up there. But if we see him just keep taking the hard assignments, keep succeeding against the hard assignments, it'll be hard, it'll be a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he's playing well and man, they they've they've had a good track record of drafting corners in the second round because I think we know what DJ Turner brings as well. Uh, but but let's get to the trenches. It's it's your favorite part. We didn't have time to talk about the offensive line. I definitely want to discuss the def- the defensive line, though. What did you see from them? What stood out? Is anything unique? Anything different this week? And also, your guy Miles Murphy. Make sure you hit on him as well, so you, you can go. Just overall thoughts, and then make sure you you hit on the rookie. I thought something that's becoming a thing for the Bengals this year is that stunt between bj hill and sam hubbard and they hammered the bills with it and it worked like every time uh right guard right tackle every time it was a text on tackle then end over so he tackle penetrates tries to knock the right tackle off his spot kind of grab the right guard too and then the really it's supposed to be for the end to loop around and get the sack but bj hill has gotten so good at this that he's beating the guard beats the tackle and sam hubbard's coming clean 
Hill's clean too. Like he beat both those guys and goes and makes a play on the sack. He did that. Got a couple pressures doing that. I thought that was huge because you need a way to get pressure. That's not just Trey Hendrickson. Well, Hey, what if it's not just like, Oh, this guy's going to dominate that guy one-on-one. What if we just really are really, really good at stressing communication and working these stunts. So I think that's something that really stood out in this game and stood out against Seattle in a key moment. It's becoming something that they are really good at and kind of weird that he becomes such a good, you know, like these guys have played together <laughs> the last couple of years, but just now those stunts are really starting to work. Um, but yeah, like, like you mentioned, got to talk about Miles Murphy too. There 10 you go. snaps. Let's get to the rookie. I know you yeah. want to. First round rookie, 10 snaps. So like he didn't start the game, play 60 snaps and do this in 10 snaps. I, I have him down for, at, I think, two pressures. You could argue maybe one uh, if you're trying to be a little bit more of a stickler about it. But he definitely got a hand on Josh Allen's jersey and pulled him on a play. So if you're not going to count that as a pressure, I mean, you know, you're, you're being a little bit too harsh, <laughs> I think, in my mind. Did a good job of bull rushing, speed to power, using his length, using his size, using his athleticism and power to move Deion Dawkins, who's a pretty good left tackle, and push him back into Allen, squeeze the pocket. Thought he showed exactly what we're looking for this year with flashes, and there's still room for improvement. Like, I know he had the two pressures on 10 snaps. That's a great ratio, and Look, there were some run snaps in there. There was a snap where he's basically a spy on Josh Allen. So these weren't just 10 pass rushes either. But he can get better by adding to his move set and be able to put something as well on that bull rush. Like he knocks him back, but disengage and finishing that would take him from flashing and being a fun player in a game to being like, oh, oh, this guy's like really good. Like, that's what Trey Hendrickson does. You know, he'll bull them, but instead of just being able to like kind of grab him while he's engaged, he's able to disengage and make, get a full hit on the quarterback. I think that's the next move for him. The guy's like 21 years old and he's not an old 21. He's a young 21 year old. I think uh, not a ton to worry about in terms of like, well, maybe he's just tapped out. I think he's just scratched the surface of his potential and you're seeing there's not a ton of guys that you can draft that are his size as athletic as he is and able to go into a game bull rush, knock a good left tackle back into the quarterback and really put some pressure on a guy like Josh Allen. I also think throughout the year, he's gotten a little bit better about where his hands go on these bull rushes, getting them inside the pads, not too high, not too low, putting it right through the chest plate of the offensive lineman, which is like as offensive lineman, that's like your head as a boxer, protect that, protect your chest because that's going to control the rep. He's doing a good job of winning that and getting the chest and controlling those reps. I'd like to see it more going forward. I'd like to see maybe a couple more sacks, maybe uh, see a play maybe against a good player. I mean, they play Laramie Tunsil. That'd be a heck of a highlight if you could do it there, but um, yeah. you know, bull rush, disengage and finish with a move. That's what I want to see. I want to see that finish there. And but I like I said, I thought he showed exactly why he was drafted. Uh you yeah. can't find guys with his pedigree past the first round. And we'll see. We'll see if he continues to grow. That's uh Mike Santagata. Make sure you check him out at Bengals underscore Sands. 
His film breakdowns, allbengals.com. It's always game day in Cincinnati as well. Mike, I appreciate the time. We will uh, talk right after this, of course, but talk to you on the podcast next week. That's going to do it for us tomorrow's show. Well, we look at those Houston Texans. It's our first look and our crossover. So can't wait for that. It's going to be a fun Sunday matchup that we start to discuss, and we'll have the latest on Jamar Chase and much, much more. So for Jake Lisko, who isn't here, and Mike Santagata, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast.